with you a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. So I be on my mind, be on my lips, in my heart. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here the days will come when there will not be left a stone on another stone that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? And he answered, See that you not be deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And the time has come, but do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first. But it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place. And awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons. They will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead you to give testimony. Remember that you are not to prepare your defense beforehand. For I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus is teaching outside the temple. Temple is a magnificently beautiful building, and he prophesied that it will be destroyed. It's hard to believe because it took 46 years to build that temple. Notice, even in the time of Jesus, they had a building project <laughs> before the building of the church people of God. And remember, these, next, these weeks we're talking about our new campaign, our pastoral program, the new era of evangelization, where we're turning our focus from a building project, hopefully it will not be destroyed, to building God's people, the church. And so Jesus predicts the fall and destruction of the temple, which does happen in 70 A.D. by Rome. But he also... Speaks of, and it's, it's, he 
hearers actually think that's what he's talking about originally, of the end of the world, which was prophesied by all the prophets and was the Jewish belief. But the temple was considered representative of the universe, how God dwelt among humans. And so when he spoke of the destruction of the temple, the implication of the hearers, the people, understood was the destruction of the end of the world. And so Jesus is describing both, and he talks about great trials, and great suffering, and great persecution. And then in verse 36, which we haven't heard, he says something powerful that puts it all together why he's telling us this. He says, stay awake. Pray always that you will have the strength to endure these things so that you will stand before the man. Life may not end during our lifetime as the second coming of Christ. But certainly in all of our lives, there will be an end. Death. And certainly in our lives, there are many trials and tribulations that we go through. And so, last week we heard about the journey to discover Christ. Today we're going to talk a little bit about what happens after that discovery. And Jesus tells us we need to stay awake and to pray so that we will have the strength to endure these difficulties and persevere to the end. And so, I've been told I'm not married, but a spiritual director I read speaks of how our relationship with God is likened to a marriage. It might go something like this. You might see another person, and the two then start to get to know each other, dating, and you ask silly questions, like, what do you like? Finding out who this person really is. And then there comes a time when you fall in love, and you're swept off your feet, and the response is, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Will you marry me? And then, you live happily ever after, right? Well, I don't know these things. <laughs> but chances are you don't. After that time of falling in love, there's a certain idealism. You don't really know the person as well as you thought. But then throughout the rest of your life, through the regular days of marriage, you learn what love truly is. It isn't always acting with the emotion. Sometimes it's making the hard decision to die to self, become less selfish, and give more of yourself to the other. And then if you do that, both of you become a better person, better than you could have on your own. Our relationship with Christ is like that. Everyone's called to be a disciple, 
previous weeks in our pastoral plan, we talked about a disciple as someone who has a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ or the love of God. And last week we talked about the discovered stage. The discovered stage can be likened to that time of dating before you fall in love. To discover Christ, there are two steps that we have gone through. We've discovered Christ and we can look back on. Or, it's good to know so that we can help others walk the journey. The first step is to have trust in another Christian, another disciple, or in the church. And this trust comes with respect. And you learn about that other person, and there's something that they have that intrigues you. And so you start to ask questions. Go through a phase of curiosity. Well, why do you do this? What makes you keep going through all these difficult times? And the person shares with you what you learn from the church. And then at some point, there's a desire that becomes awakened in your heart that you want to know, you want to have what that other person has, and you're willing to change in order to have them. It's a period of openness which leads then to a time of truly seeking. It's like dating just before marriage when you really get serious. You want to learn everything. You read all the scriptures. You learn the theology. You set mass and retreat. And then at some point while doing that, God willing, but not for everyone, immediately, but sometimes it takes time to recognize what happened. God has swept you off your feet. You fall in love. But just like that marriage, then, it comes the next step. To truly learn how to love through the regular phase of that relationship, through the rest of our life, through the good times and the bad. In the follow stage, we will learn how to do that or together do that. And the way we will do that is focusing on deepening our prayer life. But our prayer life, especially with scripture and sacrament. Scripture and sacrament are the two main ways that God gave us to know Jesus Christ, who truly is among us still. And of all the scripture, the Gospels are the premier part of scripture because they reveal Jesus Christ. Now, you know how many Gospels there are in the Bible. But do you know how many Gospels there really are and have been written? Neither do I. But there's more than four. We don't really know. There's the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, I think the Gospel of Peter. But we only say these four are inspired. And it's helpful to know why. Not because we've done the facts to them and said, oh, this is the one that's accurate. It's because those four were the ones that stood the test of time. Those four were the ones who proclaimed in the congregation or people prayed with. They encountered the risen Lord revealing himself to them, explaining those scriptures. The road to Emmaus was 24, I believe it is. No, not 24. 20. After the resurrection. <laughs> it says that Jesus explained the scripture to them and their hearts burned. That's still the experience of the church. It 
risen Lord explains and reveals Himself through the revelation that's been handed down. And we believe the things we believe not because they've been taught to us by other humans, because in revealing them, God Himself has revealed the truth to us. And so, this really is the experience of St. Paul. St. Paul I spoke of before and how a powerful conversion happened on the road to Damascus. And that was like his discovery phase. But then St. Paul tells us that he went away for three years to Arabia and prayed. Now you know, perhaps, that if you go into the Bible, the New Testament, there's no one that tells us more about Jesus Christ than St. Paul. But St. Paul never met the earthly Jesus. He only met the risen Jesus in prayer. And then it says, after some odd years, he went up to Jerusalem and shared the gospel he had been preaching with the apostles. And they verified that it was indeed the authentic gospel. Jesus himself revealed the teaching to St. Paul. That is what can happen to us as we learn how to pray in a deep way and especially pray with the Scripture but also the teachings of the Church. Jesus himself revealed that these are indeed the truth. You know, that was my own experience. They sent me to the seminary to learn how to be a priest and I think they spent $40,000. Don't tell them Tell my boss, I really didn't learn that much. That much to do. Because I was already 36, 37 years old, and someone had really taught me how to pray. And through the scriptures, through that prayer, and through this catechism, I learned everything I was taught. However, it's verified indeed what God has spoken to me, which is very comforting. And it gave me a language that's been used throughout the church that makes it more accessible to others so I can explain it to them. And so it really did. And so in prayer and scriptures in the follow stage, we will look more and allow Christ to speak in our faith. But it doesn't stop right there, right? God is in our head and reveals himself, but then God wants to be in our heart. And that's why the sacrament is so important, especially the sacrament of the Eucharist. This sacrament of the Eucharist is God truly with us, moving from our head to our heart. And you know how in a marriage the two become one? Body, soul, and spirit? So too in the Eucharist. God gives us his total self, body, soul, and divinity. The two become one. We take it into ourselves. And it transforms us. And like in a marriage, when we learn how to truly love because we are less selfish, more thinking of the others and the family, we give of ourselves in love and those decisions. So too in our relationship with Christ. In love, we give of ourselves. We become less selfish. And St. Paul tells us that we die to ourselves so that Christ lives in us. This scripture passage said that when you're in trial, and you don't prepare your defense beforehand because I myself will give it to you. 
we have lived a life in union with God or are living that, more and more as we die for ourselves, He lives in us and He gives us that wisdom that helps us through these difficult times. The other Gospels say the Holy Spirit will give you that wisdom and will speak to you. A life of prayer, following Jesus, allows the Holy Spirit to truly work. We get out of the way. We die to ourselves so that we live a life centered in the Spirit. A life of the Spirit. It is Christ living in us. No longer we who live. And then at the end of time, whether it be our death or the end of the world, we do stand before the Son of Man face to face with our God. And you know the Old Testament told us that if that happens, we would die. Because God is so totally pure in others. And that's true. Unless we spend this life allowing ourselves to die slowly with His help so that He is alive in us. And then that face-to-face encounter with God at the end of our lives, at the end of the world, is the culmination of a lifelong process that we die to become home, in union, united with our Lord. And so this is the journey that we're inviting all the parish on starting in January. The discover phase, where even if you've already discovered Christ in this powerful way, to renew it and to go through it so that you'll know what it is so that you can invite others. Or even if for the first time, invite others and journey with them. People who have not been to church, perhaps, or are struggling. And then together, we will go through the following and learn more how to pray and do scripture and to truly understand the Mass more deeply so that we can just pray it and allow it to unite us to Christ. Please consider, starting January, and continuing in April to follow and join us on this journey that we fight for.